All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. I hope everybody's having a fantastic day. As some reminders, if you want to give a call, that number's 346-3000 or toll-free 866-552-1009. As well, this Saturday from noon to 3 in Avon, New York at Mortalis Brewing Company, we will be doing a meet and greet. Uh, Bob D'Angelo from WYSL and myself will be down there as well as some other friends, and we'll be saying hello to all of you guys, hopefully with a beer in my hand, because it's going to be a hot day. And it's July 4th weekend. I love it. This is the best weekend in the United States of America, I think. I think this is better than Memorial Day weekend. I think this is better than Labor Day weekend. July 4th is definitely my favorite holiday. And, you know, it's interesting because we're sitting there celebrating with fireworks and barbecue and beers. Well, our founding fathers were signing the Declaration of Independence. Well, our founding fathers were fighting for their freedom. And we look back at those times now and we, we think differently. We think differently of the sacrifices that those men made. We think differently of the amount of men and women who stood to the occasion for freedom in this country. You know, that's what the July 4th really means to me. It's about, it's about that fight for freedom. It's about the Declaration of Independence. It's about that pursuit of happiness. That's what this is truly about. And so when you're having those barbecues, those beers, and watching those fireworks this, this coming uh, next few days, just keep that in mind. That many uh, men and women sacrificed everything so that we could have this country. And that we shouldn't blindly let it slip by. We shouldn't allow any foreign infiltration into this country and usurp our constitutional republic. I almost said democracy there. (laughs) I guess I've just been listening to too much liberal propaganda these days, right? We have uh, some interesting news today. I mean, uh, the Supreme Court has definitely ruled on a few different things. We have the Remain in Mexico, which went to the Biden administration. We have... uh, uh, carbon emissions and carbon emissions from the Supreme Court to the EPA ruled against the EPA. Another blow for the Biden administration. We have a new Supreme Court judge being sworn in today, but uh, yeah, she won't be able to do anything until uh, a few more months because this was the last day of the session, which is good. And uh, we have uh, the market, the market. I've been, I've been saying, I've been saying this. I've been telling you guys. We are on the teeter-totter to totalitarianism. I've been saying this. We're on the teeter-totter to totalitarianism. How does that work? The economy goes up just a little bit and then comes crashing down. Then it goes up a little bit more and then comes crashing down. That's how this operates. This is what they do. Small little declines in price over time produce really big movements within quarters biannual reports, and annuals, all right? And so today, stocks cut losses by half as the Treasury yield sinks, market wraps. Yeah, you know, they cut their losses by half. And that's the teeter-totter. Down a lot, up a little. Down a lot, up a little. Down a lot, up a little, and it's going to keep on doing this. It's, uh, you know, maybe next Monday we're going to have an 800 point drop in the Dow, and then they'll rebound by 400 points by the end of the next week. 
What does that really mean? Well, that means that it's slowly, slowly going to keep on declining over time. Up until I think about that November time frame. That November time frame is really when this is going to hit very, very bad. Because, you know, we have the midterm elections coming up. I had the pleasure last night of uh, interviewing two wonderful ladies on two different shows. Uh, the first one was on American Media Periscope. We did a town hall meeting with Maria Zach. If you guys don't know Maria Zach, if you've ever heard of how the 2020 election was stolen through um, satellites, through Vatican satellites and all this stuff, it's called Italy Gate. Uh, well, Maria Zach is one of the people who came out with that information and who was one of the first people to, uh, to open up that news story along with uh, former four-star General McHenry. And uh, we were talking last night, and she goes, you know, this this is bad. We, we haven't had a real election in this country since the times of Kennedy, probably even before that. And I agreed with her on that. And she was telling me how all these primaries that are happening right now, well, we, we don't have elections there either. That all these primaries that are going on right now are being rigged. And it doesn't matter if it's left or right. There is no left or or right anymore. That's an illusion. What there is, is there's Americans and there's globalists. That's where we're at right now in our country. And so November is coming up real fast and there's a few various scenarios that could play out here. Now, I'm optimistic. I'm traditionally optimistic. And so we have three different scenarios that can play out in November from my perspective, from everything that I've seen. The first scenario is the one that we're all expecting, the one that all the numbers are showing, the one that we're seeing the most prevalent. And that is that the Republicans, American first candidates, go out there and they sweep the House, they sweep the Senate, and they replace rhinos, and they replace radical liberals, and we take back our government. That's that's the most probable one. I mean, right now, that's what the numbers show. And after that happens, then uh, that same Congress and Senate, they go out there and they impeach Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They appoint Donald Trump the Speaker of the House on an intemporal condition. Once they impeach Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Trump becomes president before 2024. And that's a great po- – I'm telling you, that's a great possibility. Even though Donald Trump came out and said, oh, I'm not, I don't want to be Speaker of the House, it doesn't matter. I think it's an incredible possibility that could actually happen. But you know what? I don't think that the liberals will give up power that easy. I think that they will fight tooth and nail and they will, they will spill blood. They will scorch the earth before they ever give up power. you got to think about this. They literally just stole – an election in 2020 from the most powerful man in the world. They formed a coup on the people of the United States of America's government. They seized power and that wasn't, Oh, we'll seize power today and give it back tomorrow. No, 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 no. They seized power for good this time. They don't have no plans of giving it back. They have no plans of ever relinquishing that power. So scenario one that we just talked about, highly unlikely, incredibly unlikely. Well, what's scenario two? Scenario two is we just get a repeat of what we saw in 2020. These people go out there. We all vote. Maybe there's a new variant or virus or pandemic or scamdemic or something that like that that's happening again. 
They send out a bunch of mail-out ballots, force people to, to vote that way, and then they cheat. And we catch them. They laugh at us. They use the media propaganda to shut that narrative down. And they steal the election. That's a good scenario. That's a likely scenario. That's what they've done. Let me see. 2018, that's what they did. 2020, that's what they did. 2016, that's what they tried to do, but they got shut down. So what's the third scenario? The third scenario is something I've also talked about, is that they go out there and cheat for the Republicans. See, the liberals are projectionists. What they do is they project their crimes on to the people they despise and then blame the people they despise for those crimes and then prosecute them for them. That's how they operate. So I could truly see them going out there. It could be massive voter fraud for the Republicans because we already know that the Republicans are going to win in a massive red wave. And so the Democrats, the liberals know that it's almost impossible for them to win this next election without cheating. So why not just cheat for the Republicans with voter fraud? Once the investigation comes about, which they will open up after the election, that gives them the motivation to suspend the transition of Congress and Senate in January. That gives them the ability to open up investigations in the House and the DOJ and start taking out American First candidates, start arresting American First candidates, and even pin it back on Donald Trump. That's a likely scenario. As crazy as that sounds, that's a likely scenario. Because guess what? You get rid of two birds, one stone. You get rid of Donald Trump, you get rid of American First candidates, and you secure the power of the Liberal Party moving forth. And also, you get to declare martial law, you get all this other stuff happening. So I think that that's a likely scenario. With all that happening right after... We know martial law, we know economic collapse, we know dark winter is coming. We know that there are some hard times for Americans coming. I see it, you see it, we all see it, we're all preparing, we all know it's coming. We're going to take a quick break, we'll be right back here in just another minute with more of the Dark Delight Show. Josh here, Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, the Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. 
The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. You know, some good news today. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled in a 6-3 to decision in the case of West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency that the EPA lacks the broad authority to regulate carbon dioxide emissions related to climate change. This is actually a bigger win than we can imagine because th- this sets the legal precedent for the Green New Deal moving forward. We know that international organizations, globalists, the United Nations, they want to come into the United States of America and they want to regulate carbon emissions. They want to come in there and they want to do it on a very, very broad scale. They want to tax American citizens for the carbon dioxide that you exhale. They want to tax your vehicles for the gases that it gives off, for the fumes that it gives off. And this is actually in the last infrastructure bill. I don't know if people knew this. But uh, there was a provision in the last infrastructure bill that was passed by the Biden administration, by the illegitimate Biden administration, that in three years, which would be two years from now, um, there is going to be a new tax. And the tax will be basically calculating the miles that you drove in that year, as well as the fuel economy of your vehicle. And then they are going to administer a tax for the amount of Um, gases or fumes that your vehicle has given off, your emissions that your vehicle has given off for that year, and you're going to have to pay a tax for that per mile driven. But see, obviously the EPA can't be the one that has oversight over that because obviously the Supreme Court just ruled this, as well as in the commercial industry, that the EPA can basically no longer come out with certain policies on a broad scale to regulate carbon emissions, which is a good thing. But uh, you know what Joe Biden and his illegitimate administration are going to do. They're going to come out there and they're going to produce legislation to counteract that because that's what they do. It's the same thing with uh, the, the abortion laws. Right now they're trying to push through bills in Congress and Senate to give the federal government the authority back to regulate abortion. And see, that's the thing is th- th- this whole abortion thing is absolutely ridiculous People have no idea what they're talking about or even fighting for out there. You know, I I see these protests all over the country. I see people out there yelling and screaming like, this is a woman's right. It's a Fourth Amendment protected. No, there is no right. What this is, is a determination between federal authority and states' rights, of which there is no power granted to the federal government within the Constitution to protect a state from ruling against abortion. 
There, there is none. And, and that was the majority opinion. It doesn't say that abortion's illegal. No. The, the Supreme Court never said that. It, it has nothing to do with whether abortion's legal or illegal. It has everything to do with whether the deci- decision to make a laws pertaining to abortion is legal or illegal. And that decision is given up to the states. And it's interesting to look, too, because the majority of the protests that are occurring are in predominantly liberal states that already have incredibly extreme abortion laws. The uh, the, the six-day-after-the-30-day-after abortion laws, which is absolutely, I mean, it's genocide. That That's what it is. It's genocide. And we are, in a sense, seeing the absolute annihilation and genocide of the human population, whether it's from the fertility numbers that are coming out from the adverse effects in infertility that derives from the vaccinations. Uh, we, we showed you all that uh, on, on June, I think it was June 2nd when the Pfizer documents were released, the 55,000 documents of the Pfizer documents were released this June. They had numbers in there pertaining to uh, the trials of pregnant females who took the, the Pfizer vaccine. And out of those pregnant females, we had between an 86 to 97% death rate of the infant, of the baby, the fetus, inside the womb. That that should shock everybody. Not only that, is that longer-term studies have been starting to determine that those same women are unable to get pregnant again. That infertility is becoming a norm. And there's there's plenty of other studies out there, but this is uh, this is horrendous. We're watching the annihilation of the human race, and nobody cares to do anything. You know, I was even I was watching Fox News, and I don't watch Fox News. Um, and it was interesting to watch Sean Hannity the other night. And the reason I say that is because we have been reporting for a year, about a little over a year and a half, on the amount of food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities that have caught on fire and been destroyed, as well as various other uh, oil pipelines, oil manufacturing refineries that have also caught on fire. And uh, I've been calling this an attack on critical infrastructure. These are most likely um, deterministic cyber attacks, and this is how cyber attack works. Um, And and Sean Hannity was actually reporting on this, talking, are we under a cyber attack? Are they trying to take out our food supply? Is a foreign adversary trying to take out our food supply? And he brought on a cybersecurity expert who had investigated the situation. The guy came out, no, these are all just random coincidences, just random fires. Oh, yeah, you had three random fires in the same county in Wisconsin within three weeks of each other. Oh, yeah, just completely random, right? Well, the problem is, is a lot of cybersecurity experts, and I guess some cybersecurity experts, don't truly understand how these attacks take place. I worked in cybersecurity for well over six years. I understand how they utilize, exploit IoT devices like digital thermostats, like ring doorbells, to connect directly to a network. Once they get into the network, they can go into private VPNs. Once they go into the private networks, they can start connecting to different types of manufacturing and processing gear. So if you have a machine working or if you have some type of automated device that can be regulated by a computer through a dashboard, these hackers can go in there and they can slowly overload that system over time. So let's say that you have a 10-year-old system 
that is operating there and it's networked within your facility. You can slowly decline and degrade that system over three, four, five, six months by changing the configuration. And these people are incredibly smart. They know how to do this without being noticed, seen, or tracked. And so what happens is that machine eventually overloads, starts a fire. And when it starts a fire, it burns down the facility and people are like, oh, you know, it was just an accident. And we have tons of these accidents. Right now, there has been over 104 food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities throughout the United States, some of them incredibly critical to our food supply, that have um, had massive damage. Right, Not all of them are, are massive fires, but massive damage. And, and you would expect that because not all fires are going to be you know, that damaging. On top of that, we've had some of the major, major food processing plants being shut down. And they're being shut down just because, well, they're, they're either moving operations or just closing that facility down. Smithfield just closed the largest pork processing plant in California. And it has no plans of reopening it. We have the oil refinery. By the way, the the liquid natural gas, the LNG oil refinery down in South Texas, if you guys remember this, um, this is one that had a massive explosion just a few weeks ago. Well, now it's coming out that this was potentially a cyber attack by Russia. And this is exactly what we've been saying. And so when we start to look at this, we're seeing an attack on America. We're seeing an attack on our critical infrastructure. We're seeing an attack on our food supply. And you got to ask yourself, why? And it's making the mainstream. Hannity is reporting on this, although they bring in these experts that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I mean, if Fox News wanted to bring me in as a correspondent to Sean Hannity, oh man, I, I'd get them some ratings. I'm telling you that much. These people that they bring on, I mean, where do they find these jokers? They just, well, you know, Sean, I don't think that uh, it was uh, it was on purpose. I think this was an accident, Sean. I think this was an accident. There's no such thing as coincidences. I think we all understand that. You know, a few years back, I was on uh, my good friend Sean Morgan's show on American Media Periscope. And uh, I've been a correspondent for American Media Periscope for uh, a few years now. And uh, we were talking about... What is happening in the world? And I said, well, you know, Sean, I said, with everything that's happening in the world, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, the globalists that are moving to implement a techno-fascist, totalitarian, oligarchical controlled new world order, China and Russia have gone rogue. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He goes, no, they didn't. I go, China and Russia have gone rogue from the new world order. They no longer want a world economic form, a globalist, and oligarchical controlled new world order. And the reason is, is because Russia and China have everything to lose by that scenario. China would lose its sovereignty. It would lose all its progressional development. It would, Xi Jinping would lose his power. Putin would lose his power. His people would lose their sovereignty. They don't want that. And so we are truly entering into a storm. We're going to talk more about this here in just a minute. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight Show, and, uh, well, we started talking about news, and then we got back into the, the progression of the New World Order. <laughs> the progression of the New World Order. You know, it, it's kind of a, a nightmare watching all this happen, because 20 years ago, I remember, about 20 years ago, yeah, 2002, around that time, I, I remember listening to 
Bill Cooper and Alex Jones and all these people talk about the, the coming New World Order or turning the frogs gay, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, it was kind of surreal because you didn't see the effects of it within society. You didn't see the implication of it within your everyday life. Um, about a decade ago, obviously 2008 to, to 2014, you began to see it. You started to see what was happening. I was active duty military in 2008 when Barack Obama came in as president. And I will tell you, I was stationed in Washington, D.C. at the Washington Navy Yard. And you saw the change. You saw the transition of happy-go-lucky people, of conservatives everywhere, absolutely loving this country, working for this country, to people coming in and completely just having a, a different demeanor towards military. Um, instead of having a traditional type of leadership, the leadership changed from, um, you know, guided leadership, if you want to call it mentoring leadership, to dictated leadership as do this, do this now, don't ask questions, and, and you have no say. You are a lowly person. And, and that's kind of how the transition in my military career actually happened. And you started to see it all around. I mean, I was doing physical security for for uh, high-ranking flag officers going in to testify in the Senate and, and, and going on different uh, various excursions. And uh, what you began to see is these people were talking behind the scenes like, oh, my God, I can't stand this person or this person or this administration is an absolute joke or, you know, even some more stuff where they would say, oh, they stole the election and all this stuff. I mean, this stuff was being talked about in 2008. And then we had just had the economic collapse. Um, so you began to see it then. But now. I mean, now you can't hide it. Uh, the, the elephant is in the living room. The cat is out of the bag. The new world order is here. It's not coming. It's not something that is a far-fetched dream of the globalists. It is here. And people need to wake up to it. People need to wake up to the new world order. They need to see that their country is no longer ruled and controlled by elected officials, that elections are no longer the will and the vote of the people. But instead, we live in a plutocracy. Instead, we live in a country where your elected leaders are chosen, selected by a group of foreign powers who look to usurp the United States Constitution and undermine the American people. That is the truth in the matter. And if anybody ever wants to argue, if there's liberals out there, libertarians out there, they want to say, oh, you're, you're wrong, Josh. We got a great country. And come on up here. I'd love to have you. I'd love to talk to you about all this. And you can provide your facts. And, and you know, is it, have you ever gotten in an argument with a liberal? I, I'm not making fun of anybody. I, I've had those that actually come forth and they bring good references. I have a friend. I got into uh, a discussion about uh, the, the vax, the vaccine. And uh, he started, in, in, in not only the vaccine about it, but I also got into a discussion about President Trump. At the time, President Trump was president. And uh, he started sending me CNN articles and MSNBC articles as references of fact and saying, oh, you're so wrong, you get your information from Drudge Report and... He was. Uh, he goes. Oh, your your Fox News articles, blah blah blah, are all wrong. And he's sending me CNN articles. And I said, 
you're sending me an opinion piece from CNN. You're sending me an article that states that sources close or inside sources or intelligent community sources that name no people in reference. And I was sending him actual studies, CDC documents, CDC policies and guidelines, Pfizer documents and studies. I was sending him the real speeches that Donald Trump meant, the real sound bites that Donald Trump said. And they ignored it. Oh, that's just, uh, you're, you're, you're just, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Did you listen to it? No, I, I don't have time to listen to it. We'll, we'll, we'll continue this conversation some other time. And see, that's the problem with people, is they blindly accept information simply because it comes from an authority that they have been indoctrinated to trust. Isn't that the plight of humanity right there? That's how our institutions and government have been set up. We've been indoctrinated to blindly trust them. That's why this system is so corrupt. That's why this system is in the place that it is at. Because we go through these indoctrination centers from the age of 5 to 18, learning a, a whole bunch of useless skills. And no offense to the teachers out there. I had some great teachers at Caledonia Mumford. I will tell you, I had some amazing teachers. If Miss Guff, Guthrie, if you're out there right now, you are just one of the best teachers in the world. You're an awesome human being. Miss Shermer, Miss Page, you guys are awesome. Uh, Mr. Hurley, man, but I had some great teachers there. But see, we didn't have this woke mindset when I went through school. It was about education. It was about learning how to learn. It was about... It was about inspiring somebody to do better, to do better for themselves. Oh, I got to call out Miss Corbin as well. Just absolutely one of the best teachers, most inspiring teacher I ever had at Caledonia Mumford. But this is what I'm trying to say is that's not what schools are anymore. Schools are not these places to go and learn how to learn. They're not these places to go get inspired. They're indoctrination centers. They're woke indoctrination centers. They're these places that you go or your children go. <laughs> your children go to learn how the system operates and to fall within the boundaries of that system. And if you step out of line, oh, you're an outcast, you're a rebel, and you are labeled as such. We gotta rethink how to do this. We gotta rethink how to educate our children. We gotta rethink how to perceive government. we got to get active within government. We need to get out there and get involved and take back the system. That's the truth. You know, before, before the break, I was talking about China and Russia going rogue from the New World Order. Uh, and this is something that I said a long time ago and nobody believed me. My buddy Sean Morgan's like, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And I explained it to him. I said, well, you know what? Around the time of COVID... Um, China decided that, that they were no longer on board with the globalist agenda and that they could, in themselves, teaming up with Russia and a few other nations, basically take over the world and, and that they could remove NATO from their power source and that the globalists would be defenseless against them. And now we see it. BRICS announces new world reserve currency as America commits economic suicide. This is uh, an article from... 
Infowars, and you have uh, BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China. And see, what's happening here is the G7 nations are having their summit, the BRICS nations are having their summit, and the BRICS nations have the top leading currencies in the world, the top leading economies in the world. They're not having supply chain crunches like we are. The reason is, is because they're renegotiating deals. They're developing a global community of sovereign nations that are working together. And that's what a world order should really be. It should be individualized sovereign nations working together through collaboration for a better world. Not countries giving up their sovereignty to one sole power and authority of which the World Economic Forum, the globalists want and are working for which the United States is being the police, the military, the power, the muscle behind the implementation of that. NATO, the muscle behind that. And that brings up a lot of other stuff. Right now, Finland and Sweden have been the go-ahead, have been given the go-ahead to join NATO. And the rumor is that NATO is going to begin amassing a large armament within those countries right on the Russian border. Vladimir Putin has came out and vowed, if you do that, I will do the same. And so as fast as the Cold War ended, the Cold War has begun again. Now, I don't know if we're going to move to nuclear armament, but there is some massive development of some new weapons that you can't even imagine. Whether it's rods of gods, directed energy weapons, or whatnot, there are things out there, and I can tell you this from my own experience in the military, that you've never heard of, you've never seen, and you cannot even imagine. And so we have Russia and NATO coming to a standoff, and this could move to a kinetic war. This could be a very, very kinetic war very, very soon, especially because of Finland and Sweden. If you remember Vladimir Putin's remarks pertaining to this, he said that if Sweden and Finland join NATO, there will be war. He also said that if anybody, any Western nations, arm Ukraine, there will be war. And he's held that up because every time that the United States delivers arms directly into Ukraine, Russia blows up the facility. We're made to appear by watching Fox News or MSNBC or CNN that Russia is weak and that their military is unorganized, but it's anything but. We are being fed a mass of propaganda and disinformation from our mainstream media. Russia is incredibly strong, and they are absolutely annihilating the Ukrainian military forces. you got to wonder about that, too, because you know the Biden administration has given Ukraine billions upon billions of dollars and then billions upon billions of more of armaments, but... The soldiers in Ukraine have seen none of it. They don't have supplies. They don't have weapons. They don't have munitions. They don't have aircraft. And they have no money. But yet other Ukrainians are heading out to the beach and just everyday life like normal. What's happened to that money? What's happened to those weapons that are going over there? I think that they're building up a secret army. I think that they're funding and building up a secret army behind the scenes. That's my thoughts. 
and we'll be right back with more of the Dark Blood Show. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, the Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we're back with the Dark Delight show, and... Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about a lot of different things here. And, you know, I, I tend to go off on tangents, and that's okay, because I think that that can be entertaining sometimes. Uh, NATO leaders are meeting in Madrid, uh, this was yesterday, and, and they were set to label Russia as a menace to their security as they overhaul their alliance's defenses in response to the war in Ukraine. And that was warned by NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg. He said, we'll... Will state clearly that Russia poses a direct th- threat to our security. Stoltenberg said the meeting in Madrid was set to be historic and transformative for a seven-decade-old alliance as it grapples with the fallout of Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. We meet in the midst of the most serious security crisis we have faced since the Second World War, and and this shows you that they're looking at this as a world war. They're looking at Russia as a massive threat. Now, if you if you know the history of NATO, NATO was never meant to be a long term solution. It was never meant to be a military buildup of forces and. And Russia, ever since the collapse of the Soviet Union, has been very, very adamant about that, that Russia was supposed to, or sorry, NATO was supposed to disband around the end of the Soviet Union, but instead they did not. Instead, they just kept on going the way they're going. And so now we're starting to see 
uh, a mass buildup of forces, of weapons, of troops within Eastern Europe in the anticipation that Putin might go for all of Europe, including NATO nations. And it's a very, very good chance that this war turns kinetic and that Russia and a NATO nation begin the skirmish. And when that happens, I'm telling you, all heck is going to break loose. That is most likely when China is going to make their move. And now we're seeing this. A UK Foreign Secretary Liz Truss has made her perhaps most provocative comments yet aimed at both Russia and China. It's sure to result in a swift protest and combination from Beijing, given she invoked the Taiwan comparison while expressing regret over not sending more weapons the belligerated Ukraine sooner. She said Wednesday that the West needs to learn the lessons of Putin's Ukraine invasion and apply them to Taiwan. We should have done things earlier. We should have been supplying the defensive weapons to Ukraine earlier. We need to learn the lessons from Taiwan. And she's calling for the armament, the military buildup in Taiwan right now. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing because China... We had the leaked audio released from China a few weeks ago, and this came out for lewd media, that in the Guangdong province, which is one of the coastal provinces, all the coastal provinces are being mobilized right now, and that they're taking over 642 merchant ships and outfitting them with military devices, weaponry, and uh, uh, manpower. And then what they're doing is they're basically reallocating resources and they plan to invade Taiwan before November of 2022. And I've seen a lot of military analysts talk about this and they obviously and clearly did not listen to the audio. They did not have it translated properly or they just have no idea. what This is what I'm talking about. Like these Fox News correspondents, Glenn Beck's correspondents, all these people, they, they have no idea what they're talking about. They come on there and they just say gibberish. Oh, well, you know, they're five to 10 years away before they can. No, 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 they're not. They're not five to ten years away. They've been preparing for this for five to ten years. And so we could see a potential kinetic attack on Taiwan before November. So, you know, a military defensive buildup in Taiwan would make a lot of sense. But China's already planned for this. If you listen to that audio, they even say that the United States naval blockade will be one of the toughest challenges for them to get into, for them to break through in order to get into Taiwan but they will use the DF-41 missiles that they have to take out U.S. naval blockades, as well as U.S. naval or military assets within Taiwan. And if you don't know, DF-41s can be nuclear-armed. And so China is willing to risk it all. China's willing to take it all head-on. But here's the thing, is strategically, on a, a global scale, that would be suicide for China if they did that because you have Japan, you have obviously the Taiwanese, you have the Australian military, you have NATO nations, you have the United States. But you would want the world in a certain situation to where the world is overwhelmed before you started to take Taiwan. Like, let me say, a kinetic war in Eastern Europe with U.S. troops deployed fighting a battle there with the majority of U.S. warships in the Black Sea, with uh, NATO nations fighting a war in Eastern Europe and not in the South China Sea. Then you would also want Japan on the brink of economic collapse. Oh, look at this. 
Japan's on the brink of economic collapse. Blackout fears in Tokyo after power plants shut down. We know that the Japanese bond market is going haywire, that they are on the verge of financial and economic collapse, of defaulting on their debt. And so Japan is one of the biggest threats to China, one of the largest militaries in the area, one of the uh, largest depots for U.S. military assets, U.S. protected, funded. But if Japan collapses economically, they're going to have some major problems. And that gives China the go-ahead in Taiwan. So if you think about the scenario, how it plays out, if NATO engages Russia in Eastern Europe and that war goes kinetic, the United States will definitely get involved. We've already got over 100,000 troops deployed to Europe in anticipation of this event. Let's say at the same time, Iran and Israel produce a skirmish in the Middle East. The majority of our naval fort, uh, naval fleet forces will be deployed to those areas. Japan collapses economically. At the same time, a global famine is occurring because of the disruptions within the supply chain. We have energy crises all throughout the world. Taiwan is the number one chip manufacturer, producing 72% of the silicon chips utilized in critical infrastructure globally. A delay of only two months of those shipments out of Taiwan will basically shut down the globe. We have Russia controlling a massive amount of the supply chain. If the Black Sea and the Middle East are shut off, more energy crisis will come about because you'll see a skyrocketing of fuel prices, gas prices, import prices all around the country, all around the world. And right now, the world is being prepped for World War III. That World War III is being fought right now economically and through supply chain and through infrastructure. And this is a battle. You can look at it all around. But it's moving up to this prep, preparatory moment to where China is going to invade Taiwan. And when that happens, it's game, set, match. Not saying China's a good guy here. Not saying China's a bad guy. I'm neutral in this position. But we're seeing the formation of a new world order coming. We're seeing the formation of the globalists versus the nation states versus the people. I hope the people win. Because you know, in the end, God wins. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. We're going to see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget, Saturday, noon to three, Mortalis Brewing Company in Avon, New York. The information is on our Facebook pages. We're going to have a meet and greet with myself, so I hope to see you guys there. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on another episode of the Dark Delight Show.